welcome to episode 109 of Bee Boomer Unleashed, Just Good News Journal Entry Number 7. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at B.BoomerUnleashed. You can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at Be Boomer Unleashed, and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Give us your comments, your criticisms, suggestions for future episodes, and if you'd like to be on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, or you know someone who should be there, why don't you drop me an email and I'll do my best to get you or them on the podcast. Well, today's episode 109, journal entry number 7 of the Just Good News series, we have Joe and Kim Henchman, husband and wife team there. And uh, Joe's a military guy, Kim is a military wife, and they're going to share a story with us today about life unto death, back unto life again. And it takes uh, Joe and Kim both to tell this story because Kim doesn't remember part of it because she was the one who was alive and died and came back to life again. So we want to talk about that piece of good news today. And I've known Kim and Joe for many years, so uh, without further ado, let's go to that recorded interview with Kim and Joe right now. Well, we have a couple of special guests today. We have with us uh, Joe and Kim Henchman, and Joe and Kim have been listeners to the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast since about the first podcast, I think, and... uh, they have survived. Uh, I don't know how they stood listening to all those episodes, but anyway, they're they're alive and well, and uh, we appreciate uh, their faithfulness on the program. But Kim has a great story to tell, and and uh, in our good news segment, uh, we're trying to bring you in 2021 nothing but good news, and it's. Uh, it's a challenge because there's so much bad news around uh, looking for good news sometimes is a challenge. But we have uh, a couple here who has some great news that they're going to share with us. And uh, we uh, we have gone to church with Joe and Kim for a number of years and have uh, gone camping with them and lots of different things. But uh, we're glad to have them on our Be Boomer Unleashed podcast today. So, welcome to the podcast, Joe and Kim. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's an honor and privilege to be able to be on here with you today. Well, good. Well, before we get into the main um, podcast here of what we're going to talk about today, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourselves. Our listeners like to know a little bit uh, about you. Uh, Joe, you're a, a Barbersville boy. You grew up around here. Oh yeah, grew up uh, right here in the area. Uh, had a had a dad that uh, showed me the ropes and how to be a man uh, for for a long time. And uh, uh, so uh, I got out. I got out on my own after uh, high school. Went to uh, Barbersville High School. Uh, graduated in '81. Uh, um, 
graduated a half a year early when I had enough credits to graduate because at that time I got in the uh, military with the Air National Guard up in Charleston. I followed my cousin Tim, uh, and uh, he'd gone up right before me. Uh, followed him up there and, and uh, uh, had a big big career up there, uh, worked for him full-time. Uh, been in there 40 years now. Wow. And along the way, uh, I found me a woman for life, and I had uh, three kids. <laughs> and uh, I'll let her tell you all about that. Okay, Kim, uh, how about you? you? You a hometown girl originally here? I am not. I am originally from um, Florida, Miami, Florida, but we have moved around quite a bit. My dad was a baker, and Heiner's Banker, Bakery found out my dad could save the dough because they used to throw the dough away if they made a mistake, and they heard about my dad, so they hired him, and we moved here in 1980. And I graduated from Barbersville my senior year. I only went here for my senior year. So um, I knew of Joe. Didn't like him that much. I thought, whoever marries that crazy guy is one crazy person. And, and, and <laughs> it turn, turns out you were right. Yeah, okay. I guess so. Yeah. It'll be almost, what, 37 years this April that we'll be married. Wow. And like he said, we have three kids, um, and then we have four grandkids. Three wow. boys and a girl. Wow. Doesn't seem like you should be old enough to be grandma and grandpa, you know. I don't, I, you're right. I don't think we should be. <laughs> and uh, you guys are um, youth directors over at uh, Elmwood Baptist Church, right? Well, Joe is. I'm just his helper. You're he the helper. He all the work. That's, well, that's. He does an awful lot of the work, but uh, I, I try to, uh, I, I try to, to be that that influence for the kids uh, and, uh, and all the mechanical parts of, of what we do with the kids, Kim is uh, deeply involved in, and she takes care of all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yeah, she does all the things that I can't do. I understand. I got one of those. Got one of those women too. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah. It's not a not wouldn't be a much fun journey alone. That's true. Which is a good segue into um, our good news story today. And Kim and Joe are both going <coughs> to share with us uh, as we go through here, because some of it Kim doesn't remember, because uh, she was dead. And <laughs> she, uh, back in uh, July 2006, at a church mm-hmm. service, uh, yeah. probably about 20 feet from where I had my heart failure this past year, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Kim was up in the choir, and the next thing you know, we know Kim's in the floor. So, Kim, what happened? Well, let me back up just a little bit. I hadn't felt good for a while, um, and I had a stress test. Everything came back fine. So um, then we jumped ahead a little bit, and that Saturday before, uh, we had gone up to Camp Caleb to get it ready for camp and stuff. And you go up there and work, and I was just kind of sluggish, which was not normal for me to be that sluggish and, and stuff. Well, uh, we came home, and I looked at Joe, and I still had so much to do to get ready for camp. And I said, I think we're going, at that time we had a little pool, so I said, I think I'm going to lay in the pool just to cool off and see if that refreshes me. Well, I couldn't even do that. So I came in the house and lay down for a little bit, and 
I started feeling okay and stuff, and so got busy and did what I had to do. And get up on Sunday morning, I said, well, I got this sharp pain in my left shoulder blade. I said, rub it out. I must have pulled it cleaning or something. So we did, and we go to church, and I wasn't going to go up in the choir. Carrie Blankenship, who goes to our church, goes, come on, Kim, get up in the choir. And I said, hey, Carrie, I'm just not feeling up to it today. She said, no, we need you. And I said, okay. So I get up there, and now this is what I can remember. <laughs> um, we hadn't had our gym built yet. So Randy Hyatt was up there talking about the gym, and that's about the last thing I kind of remember. And he was talking about some kind of big rock, and I remember Jennifer Morell sitting out there. We both kind of looked at each other and gave each other the weirdest look on our face. And um, that's about pretty much what I could remember. I do remember giving a testimony. Um, my mom had been in the hospital, and I was thankful that she was doing better and stuff. And that's about all I can remember. Now, Joe can tell you what happened afterwards, because I have no clue. I think the, the whole church could probably tell you what happened right after that. Right. Uh, uh, so, uh, so Kim stood, and, and she she talked about some things and was testifying. And uh, the whole church was just listening to her testimony. And she stopped talking. And just, uh, she was behind the, uh, the modesty wall right there and, uh, uh, in the choir and she just fell right between the, the, the seat and that wall. And uh, so she, she just went down. And, uh, so that was right in front of the whole church. We went up there and it took a couple of us, uh, got her out of there and got her laid down. She, uh, uh, she wasn't breathing. Uh, later, we found she uh, her heart had uh, went into uh, B-tach, it's mental tachycardia. Uh, the only thing that would bring you back with that, as I understand it, uh, is an electrical shock. The church uh, had just purchased uh, the machine to do that. It wasn't where it was supposed to be, but the one person that knew where it was immediately ran uh, to the office where it was stacked up, ready to go to camp the next day. Uh, they brought that uh, machine uh, in, uh, what do they call that? The AED. The AED machine, and uh, immediately hooked her up to it. But uh, in the meantime, Kim was laying there. She, she had... Uh, quit breathing. We have uh, nurses in our church, and a lot of them, they just knew what to do. Uh, they was hooking the machine up, and while we're doing all this, I'm turning around, and, and I see the whole church is still still sitting in their pews watching, and, uh, and some of them standing up watching everything that's going on, and uh, I, I turned around and I just told everybody to get out. And, you know, it was right during the church service. Sorry that, that everybody did. They, they uh, Thankfully, everybody went out. Because apparently they had to unclose me at the time. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was probably a good idea. <laughs> so I'm kind of thankful everybody didn't see me. Uh, me too. <laughs> Poor Anthony Atkins, what he has seen in our yeah, church. I know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's used to doing it. But I'll tell you, Jerry, I'm thankful that we have the AED 
um, that AED, we forgot to take it up with us on Saturday. And I think God had a reason for us to forget that because if it hadn't been there, because that was the only one we had at the time, I would not probably be here right now. Right. So, and then um, I don't, like I said, I don't remember a whole lot of what went on. I mean, Joe can tell you what happened to me. He said I was screaming. And the only thing I can remember is that it, it felt like you were being rebirthed. Huh. Um, you know how babies can't see clearly? Well, that's right. me. I couldn't see clearly. I could see Shelly West at the end of my bed in the hospital. And I figured it out as Tammy and Rex Chapman. And I had told, I remember telling them, saying, we had these smaller worms at camp. And Jen Chapman at the time did not want to go because of those worms. And I said, Tell Jen I got rid of the worms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Joe. He said I knew my nurse and um, Martha Elementary. Our kids went to school, and I said I don't remember her being there. I remember Trent, my oldest son, next to me, but I don't remember Joe at all being there. Go figure. <laughs> so uh, maybe he wasn't there. Maybe he just went on to work. Hey. You know. You know. Maybe. So, but but uh, if we back up a little bit, uh, she at the time she had uh, remembered uh, the, the the dark time when you know she had actually quit breathing. Um, I think Kim should should tell uh, what she experienced uh, uh, when that was going on. We were trying to revive her and bring her back, and I'm gonna tell you. Uh, <laughs> I was in I was in the church losing it. I was like, you know, I'm witnessing my my wife dying right here, and you know, I, I'm I'm losing it now. I've got guys, you know, grabbing me and like, you know, Joey, you know, trust in God, you know, uh, it worked. <laughs> but Kim, uh, Kim, I think she should well, should tell about what the I, experience was. I can remember. And this is like a few days later. We were still out of the hospital for a week. And a few days later, something came back in my head. And I just feel like I needed that for what reason, I don't know. But I looked at Joe and I said, Joe, I died. And my daddy, who died in 1988, was waiting for me. And he said, what are you doing here, sis? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, it's not your time. Go on back. So, and it was just, I don't know, just to see my dad for just a glimpse. And now I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see Jesus. <laughs> what that's going to yeah. be like, you know? That's... And to see all of our loved ones that have gone on. But just a little glimpse of seeing my daddy, that that was just everything to me. And, and I, I, it's just hard to explain. But here I am. I mean, God still has something for me to do on this earth. Don't know yet what it is, but I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I guess. Working with the teens, and I love our teens. Our teens are great. They're awesome. So, um, what they um, what they do with you when they got you to the hospital, Joe? What what went on there? Oh, there was a lot of uh, different tests, <laughs> and uh, it just seemed like they they would. A doctor would raise up a test, and we'd knock them down. They, they were uh, all the all the heart tests, the stress tests, and, and you know she was really good shape. And so uh, I think there was a nerve test, and and just uh, everything to come back good. And the only thing that they really found 
was she was low in her metals, like um, potassium and all all her metals were iron. Everything was low, uh, and of course they was uh, giving her stuff to bring those levels back up. Um, but to really put their finger on why this why this happened, um, the only thing they come up with heart wise was that she has her heart has a what they call long QT. It's the it's this space, it's the interval between beats when the heart is is at rest. It's it's just a split second rest between beats. That there's no, uh, I guess there's no electrical activity in the in the heart, and that was uh, really the only thing. And and with the with the, the it was over a hundred degrees that day before, and she was just low on everything. And that long QT may have been what caused the heart to just stop that morning. As soon as she stood up to testify, I think her heart quit. And um, so, is there any any history of heart disease in your family, Kim? No, absolutely not. Hmm. I'm the first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was actually with all the the things that we were learning. I I was at odds a little bit with the doctor about. Uh, I didn't think that she needed to have the, the machine put in her. She has the, uh, what do you call this thing? Pacemaker, pacemaker defibrillator. defibrillator thing. And uh, I, I kind of like, well, I mean, you really haven't found out why this happened, and, and they were still concerned that it could happen again. Of course, all these, since 2006, it's never happened again. Uh, it paces me out, but it does pace So she's got a really slow heartbeat. Uh, on a normal, you know, normal day, she has a slow heartbeat. But they they turn her up a little bit and it gives her a little bit more energy. So they can do that from the office. So she's like a robot. Wow. It's amazing. They adjust her heart rate and they can see her heart rate. And if something's going on, if something happens, they're going to immediately know about it. So uh, do feel safe that way. Uh, I had to have a new one put in. Um, let's see, probably was it before 2008 or something? A brand new box and a new lead put in because I kept hearing this beeping noise, and I thought, who whose alarms are going off in the house? <laughs> and I kept going around looking and looking. And one day I was up at church working, and I said, "Well, what's wrong with me? Whatever this beeping noise." So I kind of put my head down to my chest a little bit. And I was like, well, it's me. I'm beeping. So I, of course, called the doctor, and they said, well, Kim, let's hook up to the machine. I have a little machine that sits next to bed at night, and it reads it, like, every so often. And uh, they said, well, we're not getting a good reading. We need you to come in. And I said, okay. And, uh, of course, I was getting ready for something special at church with the well, kids. Sure. So I go in, and uh, my doctor comes in, and he's like, uh, you got a crack in your lead. One of my, I have one lead, and he said, there's a crack in there. And I was like, okay. And I said, so what are we going to do? He says, well, we're going to turn it off, and you're going to have surgery tomorrow. And I said, well, i got to go home and get some stuff. I've got a banquet I'm doing. And he said, nope, you're not going nowhere. So you're, you're here. <laughs> I have to turn it off because it could shock <clears throat> you when you don't need it, or it, when you do need it, it might not shock you. So I had surgery the next month or the next morning, and 
uh, talk about something weird there, uh, I have to lay flat on my back for 24 hours after that. And I couldn't go to the bathroom, couldn't get up and go to the bathroom. And so, of course, you know, they use the bedpan. This girl, uh-uh, that don't work. I mean, Joe turned on water and everything. So, guess who didn't go potty for 24 hours? Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> so, when she came in the next day and said, Miss Hinchman, you can get up, I said, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> you were ready to go, weren't you? I was ready to go. And um, so, I had a new box put in. And they couldn't take the old lead out because they're together. So I have two leads. One doesn't work and one works. And just last February, I had to have a new battery put in. Um, it's about every 10 years you have to have a new battery put in. Looks like it could just plug you in at night or something, you know. Charge me up or put something. Put a rechargeable you know? one on there. Yeah, or maybe put a solar panel on your head and keep it, uh, <laughs> keep it charged up that way. <laughs> I vote for that. I sure get fire shot for that one. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just like I saw my cardiologist today, and of course, uh, we, uh, um, he said everything was going well, and you know, I, you yeah, know, I, it was just, it was just a miracle that, uh, you know, Anthony, the AED yeah. guy, he helped me yeah. and he helped you too. So I mean, yeah. uh, it's a blessing we were to have. The right place at the right time right place at the right time but uh, he said uh, doctor said today he said would you object would you like to have a little prescription of nitroglycerin in case you need it and I said what's it for and he said well if you happen to have chest pains you put one of those under your tongue and I said I've never had a chest pain didn't even have chest pain when I had my heart attack yeah. And he said, well, just as a precaution, he said, I'm not anticipating anything. And I said, well, how did, would you even use it? I don't know <laughs> what you would do. Yeah. He said, well, if you have chest pains, he said, put one under your tongue, wait five minutes. If you've still got chest pain, put another one under your tongue. Wait five more minutes. If you still got chest pains, put another one under your tongue. And if it still hurts, call 911. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So uh, oh my. anyway, but... Uh, you know, it's amazing what they can do. You know, you and I both, if this had happened to us <clears throat> 50 years ago, we'd both been dead, you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. there was, um, there was uh, you know, medicine has come so far. Right. Well, what uh, what do you see uh, uh, in the future for Kim and Joe? I know, Joe, you're getting pretty close to retirement age, not, not quite ready to retire yet, but... Uh, I see traveling. <laughs> Kim, Kim's got a lot of big plans. Uh, I'm, you know, I've never really. I, I used to like to fish a little bit, but I never, never got a lot of fishing done. I think I would enjoy a little bit of that. I, I, I am a, a shooter. Uh, I haven't hunted for a while, but I do a lot of shooting. I do competition shooting. I'm going to uh, plan on doing a bunch of that, and uh, uh, just to enjoy those kind of things. And my mom is not in real, real uh, good shape uh, to travel and do do anything. So, uh, what time I'm, we're not traveling, going somewhere, I'm going to be uh, trying to take care of her. Right. And, but uh, I don't know what that future's going to be and how long that's going to going to be. But uh, now you had several you had several tours several tours of duty over in the sandbox, didn't you? Over in the Middle oh, East. Yeah, I've, I've been. I've been Afghanistan and just different, you know, Saudi Arabia, 
all over. Uh, I first got in uh, up there. Uh, the first trip that I was on was within the first year after I just got back from training. Uh, and I went to England for two weeks. The, the very, that was before I was married. I was over there with my uncle, who was already in the in the guard up there. He was in a, a different section, but he was uh, uh, he was uh, part of the plans and mobility uh, section up there. But uh, I got to go on my first trip with him, and uh, he and I and another friend of his uh, got in the subways. And, and you know, for a, a young guy's first trip out. Uh, to go to England and go through the subways and get to see the Tower of London and, and just name it all the famous uh, big stuff in London. It's like, man, I am in the right business. You know, they, paid to, they paid me to go. <laughs> and uh, so I've done that for, for 40 years. Uh, I'm, uh, as a crew chief on a, on the C-130s, I've been uh, a lot of places. Um, I went to... Uh, Dropped a buoy out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, <laughs> I, I have uh, been all over Europe, been to Germany a number of times, uh, uh, been to Hawaii and Alaska. Man, I'll tell you, if you've never been to Alaska, you need to go to Alaska. Fly around the uh, uh, Mount McKinley up there. It's the most beautiful place. It's a great place. It's beautiful. Uh, look, go up. Uh, I, I have fished. Uh, for salmon up there in uh, the confluence of the Russian and Kenai rivers. Yeah. And uh, to get there, you go you go up the, the Kenai Peninsula and you look up the mountains on both sides and you see these uh, sheep up there on the mountains. So, <laughs> uh, I've got to see things that, that a whole lot of West Virginia boys probably will never see. Right. And, uh, and uh, just I'm fortunate to get to see the things and do the things that I've done in my life. And uh, I, I look forward to spending the, uh, this uh, this next chapter uh, to get to be with Kim more and to, yeah, to, to get to travel and get to do things around here with friends and uh, like you all and other friends that we have uh, along the way and, uh, and still be viable uh, for the church. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good life, you know, it's a good life uh, to... Uh, uh, to, to feel like you're in God's will and doing what God wants you to, to do. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to do that with Kim. Uh, you know, after all she's been through, and God's brought us all the way to here, and who knows what's up uh, next, but, uh, you know, God's going to be with us for that, too. Well, Kim, um, uh, kind of a final comment here. We are talking about, uh, and you guys have been married for a long time, and you're military wife of course and you've you've experienced times when joe was gone for months at a time uh any advice you could give some military wives out there that uh, uh, might be beneficial to them well um you you grow up a lot um when joe and i first got married he went to desert storm for six months i knew nothing (laughs) and you do grow up and um you have to stay strong. And I'll tell you, the only way you can stay strong, I think, is to be in church and have God in your life first. Because if I hadn't had my church family, I don't know what I would have done. Because I lived up in Charleston, and everybody else lived here in Barbersville. And I had to, our oldest son, who was five at the time, and Bethany was just five months old when Joe left, 
um, had to have surgery, which was nothing big. You know, he had to have his um, tonsils taken out and stuff. But our pastors went with me because nobody else could come up to go with us. And it had snowed, of course. So, I mean, if it wasn't for my church, I don't know what I would have done. So I say to all the wives, that's the first thing you need to do is to be in church, stay strong, and stay um, strong in your faith. Because God will get you through it. And um, he did. He, God got me through a lot. And, um, um, you know, you can always call the guards people, too. They help out on me. I had to have some things done with Joe's vehicle at the time. And there was people that didn't go to Desert Storm or whatever, and they would come and help. And um, we do have a good support group up there. Um, and having little kids, that keeps you kind of busy. And, I mean, there was times at night, you know, through the day, I had to stay really strong, and then at nighttime, that was my time to just break down if I had to or something, you know. And um, But then the next morning, you wake up, and then you just start over. And Do it again. <laughs> yeah. There you, you go. You have to keep going and talk about Daddy and, you know, try not to tell them too much, but don't keep them in the dark, you know. You've got you've to gotta let your kids know what's going on because that's part of life, you know. I mean, I wouldn't tell him, you know, that daddy's not going to be able to talk to you right now because he's in a dangerous zone or something. But you, you try. And back then in, in 1980 or 1991, we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have FaceTime. So when Joe called, we might have three minutes to talk right. on the phone. They, they had to buy these phone cards. And he only had maybe three minutes. And I do remember one time I must have said something because they they tell you you have to be careful what you say on those phones back then. And I said something, and the next thing I heard, click. <laughs> so they were listening to our conversations oh, over yeah. there. So and and nowadays even cell phones, you got to be careful. Oh yeah. You have to be careful. You know, wives don't put things on Facebook about your husband being gone. You know, that's, don't, that's the best thing you could say, right? Yeah, now. don't put things on Facebook. Don't show pictures. Um, you know, just keep everything off of the media thing out there with the phones and stuff. I mean, you you you've got your church people; they can pray for you. You don't have to get online and say, "Pray for me, my husband's gone." Right, know? right. It's like saying to the whole world that, "Okay, my husband is gone." I'm here by myself with the kids for the next six months. Yeah. It's like telling everybody in the world. And, and they're, they're, I've yeah. always been against that. That's so. good, good advice for sure. Yeah. Well, Joe, Kim, certainly a pleasure spending time with you. I know you're getting ready to go on a ski trip with uh, yeah. teenagers tomorrow. So uh, we got hope you have a good time. And don't, uh, don't break anything. Uh, don't... Uh, you know, keep your fingers covered. Don't get frostbitten. So they they tell me they ask me if I'm skiing, Jerry, and I tell them I said, do they allow walkers on the on the slope? And they said no. And I said, well, there's your answer. There's your answer. Okay. Well, listen, been great to be with you guys. Love you, and maybe uh, maybe sometime we'll. Uh, Get on here and talk about something else, okay? Well, it's great. We look forward to it. All right. Thank, Thank you, guys. Uh -huh. Well, that concludes our interview with a great couple, Joe and Kim Henchman, with a great story. Uh, they're just a wonderful couple that uh, serve God in a, their own special way there at Elmwood Baptist Church, working with those teenagers and doing other stuff in the church. 
course, Kim didn't tell you this, but she's also the chief cook and bottle washer over there. She takes care of the church kitchen and is always decorating and and uh, being in charge of dinners and stuff we have there at church. So God had something else for her to do, or she'd have checked out back there when uh, her heart quit beating. And, uh, well, we're glad she didn't. We're glad that God uh, saw fit to leave her with us for a while longer. And, well, that's a, that's a great story. God is a great big God. God uh, is a miracle-performing God. And uh, God cares about you, and He cares about me. The most important thing that you could do with God is to receive His Son as your personal Savior. And if you're not a Christian, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, you ought to do that today. Just something simple like, Dear God, you know, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. And Jesus, would you come into my heart and save me from my sin? And you know what? He'll do that. say, well, why is that important? Well, you don't know when it's going to be your heart that stops. And you don't know that there's going to be an Anthony Adkins there with an AED to get your heart started again and an ambulance to take you to the hospital. You just don't know that. So the best thing that you can do is be ready to meet God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Well, it's been great to be with you folks again today. Uh, Like I always say, uh, be pretty boring around here if you guys didn't come along and and join us for Be Boomer Unleashed. And uh, next week we'll have uh, another great good news story for you, and I uh, uh, can't wait to be with you again next week. But until then, I want you to have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. <laughs>